one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. And additionally, we hope you've had a good holiday season and a happy new year. Or if you happen to be in the ninth world at the moment, I hope you've had a happy safe haven. The journey down into the Voil Chasm is far from over and already is proving treacherous. And it's more than just some angry tetrahydras that's standing in between the party and them securing their Numenera needs in the ruins below. Cliffside combats are fought, possible future companions are collected, and traps are sprung. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory continue to climb. The rock that Smallren's foot kicked off of the cliff face goes tumbling down and smashes into a nest below you. Two tetrahydras take flight, screeching up towards you in defense of the nest that you just ruined. Well, According to biologists, it takes two years for tetrahydra eggs to hatch, and they are fiercely protective of their young. As the tetrahydras make their way up towards you. Brex attempts to ready themselves to engage in this battle, and in doing so, somehow completely tangles themselves in the harness and rope that is holding them up, making them completely ineffective for this entire combat. Initiative is going to be Nehemiah, the Tetrahydras, Smallren, and then Jory. Nehemiah. Okay, how far down are these things? They are 50 feet below you, but moving quickly up towards you. Mm -hmm. If you were moving, you could get there within an action if you were on foot. But given your background and your ability in like balance and climbing and acrobatics, I would allow that to apply to you. Okay. I want to let go of the wall and with my sword spear, essentially plunging attack one of these things to get onto its back. Amazing. I absolutely love that. Please go ahead and roll. This is a difficulty three. They are a level three creature. Would you like this to be might or speed? Speed, because you are falling. Okay, I'm going to spend a point for effort, and that is a success with a two! <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. Uh, because I actually dropped it to zero because my effort is at a two. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. 
All right. So you go plummeting down, mm -hmm. free falling for a moment, still connected onto all of your ropes and everything, but letting go of it with your hands. And you stab your sword spear right through the top of this triangle tetrahedron shaped ish creature. And it is lodged hard within there. That's six damage, right? Uh -huh. And it screeches and howls and its little toothy beak kind of like gnashes and it tries to get at you with its tentacles that are below it and it's just flailing all about trying to also keep balance with its wings with this added weight on its back. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is the Tetrahydra's turn then. The one that has Nehemiah on its back will attempt to reach at Nehemiah trying to pull him off of its back. So Nehemiah, go ahead and make a speed defense, level three. Success with a 13. You are lodged right between its wings and it is just too far. It's that one spot mm -hmm. on your back where you can't quite scratch it. And so much as it flails with those tentacles, it cannot reach that, you right now. Got, got, got a knot in the back. And by knot, I mean a glaive with a spear <laughs> in your back. Yes. In your back. The second tetrahydra is going to pull its wings in tight and come plummeting down towards Smallrin, who kicked the rock. Gosh darn it, Nehemiah, you taught him things. <laughs> I'm a transator. <laughs> it's going to be a speed level three. Failure with an eight. It comes at you with its teeth, and you at first think they're teeth, like kind of like in this in this mouth. You realize it has four beaks, four individual beaks, and it bites you once with each one for four points of might damage. Ow. Mm. All right. Thank goodness I have... Oh, question. Armor does apply. Okay. I always forget about armor. <laughs> All right. That still hurts. Oh, but it's my turn next, isn't it? It is your turn next. What would you like to do? Honestly, since this thing is so close to me, since it is currently biting me. Yes, actively in its jaws. Actively in its jaws. I would like to take this moment to create a deadly poison. Smallrin reaches for her belt pouch, rips off two little vials, and crushes them together against one of its beaks. Remind me what that does. Create one dose of a level two poison that inflicts five points of damage. Okay. And it does say you can... Apply this poison to a weapon, food, or drink as part of the action of creating it. Mm -hmm. And considering its weapon is its mouth, I want to smash it in its mouth. <laughs> that sounds good. Yay. Remind me if there's a way to up the level of that or not. You can choose to use effort to increase the level of the poison. There Each level of effort increases the poison level by one. It's for the level of creature. This is a level three creature. Okay. So a level two poison would affect a level two or lower. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. In that case, I am going to spend for the point of effort. Great. I'm going to say that's intellect because okay. it's a matter of utilizing it in the proper way. Say, like, oh, I need to make this a little more potent mm -hmm. here. Well, and also it is, it's an uh, intellect spend to create the poison. Oh, perfect. So, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great because I have, I have two edge and in intellect, so that's only one extra point to up the level. Awesome. Perfect. And it's for how much damage you said? I'm sorry. Five points of poison damage. Wonderful. It kind of like shakes a little bit, like the feathers ruffle really violently, and it's surprised by you smashing something in its face rather than trying to like shake it off or hit it, and it lets go of you and is very off kilter now. It, it is not sure what to do next in this very moment. Jory, it's your turn. Could I activate a special ability, please? Yes. Which one? Environmental adaptation. Ooh. 
given that this is kind of an unusual environment, I'd like to take a moment to wrap the ropes around myself in such a way that I have two hands free. I just don't know if there's something I can adjust to get more movement ability compared to what we'd normally have in a cliff face. This isn't something that you are necessarily trained in doing. Right. So I will say maybe you're able to put something like on your feet to have a better grip so you can like run along the surface of the cliff face. Done. Or maybe, okay. Mm -hmm. Totally done. (laughs) Yep, I'll do it. (laughs) You use your wits and tricks you've learned to survive a hostile environment. Yep. So you reach down and remember that you have some rough like gritty material that you just kind of like smash into the bottom of your mm-hmm. of your boots uh, to give you traction. You can run along the cliff face without slipping. Okay. May I still whack something? Is anything close enough to me that I can do so? Especially if I get some running If you, yeah, pendulous. you can run with it and then get to the one that is with small run because that one is closer. The one that Nehemiah jumped on is lower. Okay, I'm going to go whap. Okay. Mm-hmm. With your staff? With my staff. So that's going to be a level three okay. might. Success with an 18. Wonderful. And I assume you want to take that plus two damage? I will do the damage this time, yes. (laughs) Okay. There isn't another option at 18. (laughs) Well, I suppose I could put it in my pocket and... (laughs) Pocket damage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the pocket just came on (laughs) and everything drops through. New new small run is collecting things just dropped as opposed to knives. Small run's going to start collecting extra points of damage and storing them (laughs) in an undisclosed location. (laughs) Look, I've had thoughts about creating a custom weapon that every time you roll extra damage, you can choose to save it. Oh my god! Like store it that in the weapon for I mean, something later. That's true. I've had thoughts about that. That's true. I know. Save that, the kinetic I energy. Very cool, and I would abuse the heck out of it. Oh yes. I know. It's why I haven't right. said anything. Oh well, yes. I I was literally just sitting here. It's like actually pocket sand, but like pocket damage, but it's flavored like pocket sand, yep. and you could throw yeah. it on somebody, and it's all of the extra crit damage you've built up yeah. over that however could be long. Really powerful. Yeah. I'll consider that. <laughs> but I also know that you would abuse the heck out of it. <laughs> Only once. But it's, but at the it's very all... end of the campaign, yes. to drop like 30 points of damage onto one thing in one round of actions. I'm just gonna say it's almost Christmas. <laughs> and if you were looking for a present, <laughs> it's just a shake weight. <laughs> just a shake weight. <laughs> Without. With the ever-increasing <laughs> violence. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I do uh, four damage plus two, so we've got six with a nice whack. Get away from my friend, please. So you realize that as you go, you kind of run along the cliffside and you bring your spear down, like, kind of on its tentacles to, like, get it to let go of Smallrin. Their hide and their extremities are very thick, so they do have two armor, so that extra two is negated, but you still get your four through. And now I have made an observation that I may be able to do something about in the future. It's true. Nehemiah. It is your turn. You are on top of a tetrahydra. Okay, my first question. Now mm-hmm. that I'm here. Yes. How far below me is the nearest like cliff edge or something like that, just in case I succeed in what I'm doing? 25 feet below you is mm-hmm. the nest. 
Okay, it's, cool. it's got a fairly large edge to it. So if cool. that's where you were falling, that's where you would hit. Cool. Assuming the tetrahydra doesn't like fly off with you on its back. Entirely possible. Open to that reality. In the meantime, gonna stab it again. Cool. You pull your sword staff out and go to stab it again. Level three yep. might. Okay. In this case, since you are on its back now and not yep. free falling. Spending for effort, success with a six. Nice. So now in going to stab it again, you realize that without the extra velocity from your free fall, it is a little bit harder to try and get at a mm-hmm. more vulnerable state. So that two armor does apply to you this time. Yep. So that is four damage. Mm. This time, rather than trying to get at you with its tentacles, the Tetrahydra is going to do a barrel roll to try and shake you off. (laughs) Okay. So this time, I'm also going to have you make, I'm going to make it speed uh, Mm -hmm. for for kind of like keeping balance and holding on and and making sure there. So it's going to be speed, level three, I will let balance apply. Okay. Speed, level three, I am trained... Success with a five. You grip your hands into the feathers of the the tetrahydra and just hang on for dear life. And it rolls and twists and turns and tries to shake you off. Mm -hmm. And it is not able to do so. I did spend for effort on that. So Nehemiah is starting to look a little winded. It's almost like staying on the back of a flying creature is tiring. Yeah. The second tetrahydra is not so keen on trying to get at smaller in the person that shoved a bunch of poison in its face instead is going to kind of swoop around and attack Jory. Jory, go ahead and make speed defense level three. Could I apply a danger sense to that? I will allow it for the first attack. Okay, can do. Okay, speed and success with a seven. Awesome. With that grit on your shoes now, you kind of like run up and then down and are able to avoid the path that it's taking to try and fly at you. Smallrin, your turn. Cool. How far am I from the one... I'm assuming we're still pretty far from the one that has Nehemiah, but the one that is turned its attention to Jory, is that still within short distance of me? Yes, it's still within short distance, okay. easily. Perfect. Then I am going to use my spelunking skills, <laughs> my climbing skills, mm-hmm. um, basically do the same sort of thing Jory did, kind of do a run along the cliff mm-hmm. face moment to make sure I can get close enough to it. And I am going to use my spear because I'm assuming I would need a little bit of extra reach um, if sure. it's flying around. But I'm going to try to attack it with my spear. All right, that'll be might level three. Awesome. Mm, failure with a seven. It's been a while since you've used that spear, and it feels a little clunky and heavy on top of the fact that you are hanging from a rope yeah. off a canyon side, and you stab a little high. Jory? Uh, I'm going to try to use my new chameleon skin ability and kind of get close to it while there's something else going on, and then chameleon and see if I can't surprise it a bit. I will try to look like the cliff face a bit, and then when it's back is flyingly turned I'll, I'll try to give it a whack I'm gonna have you roll stealth okay. with an asset to see if you can hide from it first and failure with a four you become the cliff face but Uh-oh. the tetrahydra with its multiple eyes sees you as you're doing this oh. and is able to be aware of you as you are going to attack okay I'll just give it a whack then okay this is a might. Let's get rid of that asset. Success with a 12. That's four damage. So two, I suppose. Yep. Wonderful. Boop. Now it's the top of the round. I'm gonna stab it. I like your gumption. <laughs> and roll. Success with a 12. 
this tetrahydra, mm -hmm. like you, is looking very winded, uh -huh. very poor. You have stabbed it multiple times in the back, and its wings are starting to fail. It is mm -hmm. the equivalent of, of a sputtering biplane right now. Yep. Tetrahydra's turn. The one that Nehemiah is on mm -hmm. is going to try and smash you up against the wall. Mm-hmm as it is flying, so trying to like smash its back against the wall. This is going to be speed level three to try and not get crushed against the cliff face. Okay, that is a failure with a two. And you are going to take four might damage as it crushes you and scrapes you against the wall. Ouch. What does that put your might pool at? I'm at 13. Okay. Not too bad, but, but speed is in single digits now. Ah, okay. That's what it is. That's yep. Yeah. Bad yep. I was going to say, I feel like Nehemiah's mic pool is probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I get two of those back. I'm at 15 because I have armor. Armor, right. The second tetrahydra is now going to circle around and sick of the antics that are going on here, it's... is going to attempt to bite through Smallrin's rope. Oh, all right. Well, that's just rude. Very. Smarty. Small one, go ahead and make a, it's going to be speed level three to try and see if you can maneuver your rope and climbing gear out of the way of the tetrahydra's beak. Cool. Can I use my training in climbing for this one? Yes. Okay. And actually, because I don't feel like falling today, we're also going to spend for a point of effort. Cool. So that takes it down to a level one. Success with a 10. By a combination of like climbing and kind of like shifting the rope around and getting around different portions of this rocky crag, able to keep the rope out of the maw of the tetrahydra. And now it's your turn. All right. Since it's getting in close to me like that, I'm going to take the opportunity to try to stab it with the spear again. Great. Success with a 20 plus four damage. I assume you're taking the four damage. I am taking the four damage. And since it was a spear, which is a medium weapon, that is eight damage total. Six six if you take into account its armor. Correct. Which is more than enough to deal with it. What does your killing blow on this tetrahydra look like? Smallrin just kind of takes both hands on the spear and plunges it straight up through its neck. It screeches and gurgles and flails around a little bit before plummeting down below. Jory, your turn. Uh, where is the other one? It is about 25 feet below you with Nehemiah on its back. Okay, can I zip down? Yes. I will zip and I will whap. Okay. Boop. Oh, success with a 10. So that's four damage out of two. It only needed one more. <laughs> you go through and kind of just like wrap it in the face and it is dazed and confused enough that it just freezes for a moment and then starts falling. Mm. Thankfully, Nehemiah, it is your turn. In this case, what do you do as the tetrahydra you are on top of is deceased and plummeting? Nehemiah would pull the spear from its back and kick off back like towards the wall and as he's going like re-engage the catch mechanism and kick the tetrahydra off deeper into the chasm. I'm going to have you roll speed mm -hmm. level four for that. Okay. Partially the level three for the tetrahydra with the added difficulty of making sure that you are staying safe in this. Yeah, definitely spending for effort on that one. Mm -hmm. No Gwen Stacy's. <laughs> No Gwen Stacy's. That's going to be a seven with four success. Okay. 
just barely making it. <laughs> you kick off the tetrahydra, mm-hmm. re-engage your harness, mm-hmm. and snap hard yep. on that rope. And safety guaranteed, it does hold. It does hold. And as I get back to the wall, I am going to use my action recovery. And okay. I forgot this last time, but because of my connected to the data sphere, I get to roll that twice and take the higher of the two. You do, you do. Ooh. I rolled the same thing twice. So seven it is. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, actually, I would not mind doing an action recovery roll in, in the moment <laughs> while we're all watching these things tumble into the darkness. Exactly. Yes. As you take a moment to rest, the leaning back in your harnesses, pushing yourself up on your legs against the cliff face, you take a second to take a breather. Is everyone okay? Whew! Yeah. (sighs) I am all right. Next time we fight something, I would like to have the ground more firmly directly under my feet, if at all possible. Agreed. I would agree, though this is... um... I'm getting kind of used to this, actually. Where's the nest? I will say you are all, like, by the nest Mm -hmm. now. I will metaphorically tiptoe over and look inside. There are four smashed eggs and one unsmashed egg. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so do we want to adopt a pet, anybody? Because uh, it looks like there's a... Leftover. Pretty sure these things are out of my ability to train, but I ain't gonna stop you if you think you're confident in it. If anyone is interested, you can roll a nature or animal type roll. It'll be intellect based. Level three to see if you think these things are domestic, domesticated, domesticable. Dome- <laughs> is that a word? Is domesticable a word? Maybe? It should be. It sounds. Can it they sounds be like domesticated? A real thing. <laughs> Um, uh, I have nothing, but I rolled anyway because of empathy, and I rolled a one, so. <laughs> uh, Alright, anyone else feel like rolling, or are we just going to leave that one there? I'm going to roll. Yeah, Nehemiah Ooh, has no reason Failure with a seven, this. yeah, Smallrin has no idea. I would like to know, is there any resale value in these eggs? Because again, we have, we have a shareholder. <laughs> we do have a shareholder. You think that there could be some resale to the right person. For the GM intrusion, Jory, you are 100% convinced that this is an animal you can raise and domesticate. Absolutely. Thank you. 100% tracks. I want to try to buckle this to myself. (laughs) You spend time making a harness like an egg bjorn. The thing you like strap to your back and you have this little egg carrier now. And it's a fairly large egg. Tetrahydras in their adult state are about six feet tall, strangely roundish. They're they're pyramid shaped. So they're pretty big. So the egg is a bit bigger than ostrich egg, like easily 18 inches tall. Mm-hmm. So this is the size of a, a humanoid infant. Yes. Huh. Smallrin is going to take a moment to examine the remains of the other eggs in the nest to try and get mm-hmm. a sense, how close is this one to hatching? Do we need to worry about, like, as we're going down, this is going to produce a baby tetrahydra? They are pretty far along. Ugh. Takes two years for them to mature. They're not at the beginning, and it's definitely closer to the end. If you want to try a roll again to figure out how close, 
you can try and make an educated guess there. Yeah, I, I'm going to try. Success with an 18. Based on the size and what you guess to be uh, tetrahydra gestational periods, you probably have a couple months before this thing okay. will hatch. So this isn't going to happen like while we're in the Voil Chasm. No, but all told, in terms of the grand scheme of the length of time before they hatch, pretty close. Yeah. Not while you're here, but feasibly within your journey. Hmm. All right. Well, Smaller and figures that that gives us enough time to talk Jory into maybe letting us sell it as opposed to keeping it. <laughs> um, and also Smallrin is not going to go out of her way to protect this thing if we encounter any other dangers. No, 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 no. Jory, yes. Creepy feathered spider baby, no. <laughs> spider baby. It's like DJ name back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be a really fun DJ name. Yep. DJ Spider Probably Baby. DJ Spider oh. Baby. Yep. Oh no. Well. All right. Shall we continue our descent? Seems to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Looking over the edge of where you are standing at the moment. You can see, at least according to the map, where you think the entrance to this next ruin is just a little bit farther down. It won't take you long to make your way to that entrance. Unlike where you just were, there is no sort of like platform or outcropping where this entrance is. It goes straight into the cliffside, almost like it had once extended past this and had been cut off Mm. by something or broken off. You all lower yourselves down to this hole in the canyon wall and step in. Mm -hmm. This beginning part is fairly well traversed. It's been stripped of just about everything. These places aren't unknown to people. So the rocky walls that have been kind of stripped of anything useful continue back into this hole as you walk through. And as the light begins to dim a little bit farther ahead, you see a doorway. But that door is in shambles. Every part of it has been broken down and taken apart for scrap and iodum. Seems like a decent enough place to hold up and catch our breath for a minute. You all all right? I'm fine. I became a mother today. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, but but I feel a sense of responsibility that um that I I didn't have quite as much a few minutes ago. So yeah, we'll 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 have to address that particular situation. Uh, but yeah, because that thing gives me the heebiest of jeebies, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But uh, we'll figure it out, I suppose. That is a shame, Nehemiah, as I assume you will be the godfather. <sighs> I ain't ready for that kind of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Smallrun <laughs> makes jokes, but like no one is ever going to take them as jokes because she's just too serious. Yep. And oh. also 100% correct. Yep. <laughs> It's between you and Box Ladder, and I feel like you're you have the the better ability. So Box Ladder is before Smallrin on the list of people who would be a godparent to your unhatched Tetrahydra. <laughs> and that is as it should be. <sighs> that poor Anine. <laughs> you're, you're just the scary aunt who protects it 
I was going to say, I could see appointing Smallrin as like legal guardian in case of emergencies, but definitely not mm. godparent. Right. In case of impending violence. Yeah. <laughs> What emergency would actually be fit? Because <laughs> that it's a very specific set of emergencies. True. Brex takes out a glow globe just so that you all have a little bit of light mm. as you're around. I think I am going to do my 10 minute recovery roll as well. That is perfectly acceptable. I think that's about the amount of time that you would probably take here. Just a couple of minutes yeah. to... Say, all right, we're not climbing anymore. We are finally on a little more solid ground. I'm doing the same, and with my double roll, got a nine, which will nice. put me all the way back to top for everything. I rolled an eight, so that'll put my intellect not all the way up, but a, a decent chunk. And my speed is almost full capacity, so I'm looking Excellent. okay. My might could use a little help, but I'm doing okay. And I am okay, so I'm going to rock the egg. <laughs> um, and try to think of names. Um, so far, Teddy is the winner. Mm. Good strong name. Short for <laughs> Theodore. Kind Ted of. Wayne. Oh, there you go. That's oh, that's a very good. Oh, you might have you... the tetrahydra. <laughs> exactly. Yes. After a couple of moments of resting and catching your breath, you start heading farther in, past the crumbled and salvaged doorway. Things are a little bit odd, but. That's not to be unexpected. The corridors past this threshold are all diamond-shaped in cross-section, leaving there no real floor to speak of. So at your feet, there is a point going down, two points on left and right, and a sharp incline then to a point at the top. At each of those corners, there is a narrow band of, you're not quite sure what material, but it glows, giving dim illumination everywhere that you are. Not enough to do work by, but enough to see where you're moving and see what's in the room. Mm. If you take enough time to look at it, it's pulsing very, very slowly. Not enough to see if you're not really concentrating on it, but it is perceptible if you focus for a moment. Hmm. The bottom of this part of the corridor is littered with various bits of debris, cast off remnants from scavenged parts and things that people have ripped apart in this area. Hmm. Nehemiah is going to do just kind of like a general perception check just to kind of yeah. see what's in the area. Difficulty? Three. Cool. Success with an 11. This corridor goes on for another 50-ish feet or so. You can see another doorway at the end that is not nearly as torn apart as the one that you just went through. Sure. Other than that, it seems like this is something that has that groups have gone in and out of over time. Mm -hmm. Nothing that seems imminently dangerous sure. right at this moment. Okay. This is the area that everybody knows about. Right. This looks quite a bit picked over, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at everybody's base camp right now. Pretty much. Not beginning into that. <sighs> it's like a mine. <laughs> Shall we continue deeper? Or do you want to see if there's anything else that got missed here? Might as well just keep on heading in. Like I said, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot for us or anyone else to pick over in here. Same. Could I make a um, salvaging Numenera roll? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Success, uh, 16. Yep. Uh, sorry, difficulty three, I assumed, same as, should I? For right now, yes. Okay. Yes. 
you might be able to find something that a scrapper would pick up, but there is nothing Numenera here anymore. There's material, but not even anything that you could use to fashion together Mm -hmm. to make something. Not even Rufus would find something useful here. Okay. True. Which is saying something. Yeah. Chewing gum wrappers and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's honestly kind of what it is. There, there is some like like scrap and things that someone pulled apart a device and left all of the unusable stuff behind. But there's also things like Nehemiah said, this is the space where people end up making base camps mm-hmm. and resting before going further in. There is probably untouched or unexplored parts of this ruin, oh, yes. but not right at the beginning. Well, what do we say? Next room? Yeah, I think we just keep pushing in. You continue forward through the next doorway. It looks like at some point this had some sort of lock on it, but has since been deactivated, smashed, and taken apart with the door that, you know what? There doesn't seem to be any kind of door here. Mm. There might have been something at some point, but it is no longer. So it is just another door frame that you can walk through. You walk into a room that still has these narrow bands of light. Once you step into the room, that diamond-shaped corridor Mm -hmm. kind of evens out. There's like a slight incline and then it evens out into the flat surface of this room. Mm -hmm. In the center of the room, there is a hovering black band, maybe 10 feet across, of metal. And it's just kind of floating there, turning, very slowly rotating with illuminated symbols on it in a long forgotten language. Hmm. There is another door in this room, two actually. It's kind of like a square shaped room and there is one on the left and one on the right. Looking through my abilities to see if I have anything to help with getting a bearing going here. Sure. Could I roll a navigation just to assist in general? Absolutely, go ahead and roll it. it this is going to be a level four. A fail with a three. You're able to keep a sense of where it is you've been and what direction you're going. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get lost. You're pretty good at that. But not really necessarily knowing which direction these things will head and what's on the other side. It's hard to say which path to take. Everything's a bit too similar in here. Sorry, I'm not um, getting a good vibe off of anything. Question about this glowing, symbol-laden thing. Mm-hmm. Smallrin has something called training and precision where she's trained in all esoteries. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about this that sparks something for her where there might be something in her mentor's notes? Yeah. You go up to this floating, slowly spinning metal ring and you touch one of the symbols and an image of a room comes up and it is the room you are in. Hmm. Brex comes up and grabs the disc and spins it. (laughs) And it does spin faster. And then puts their hand out and just drags it along every single image, every single rune that is etched on here. And they all light up in very quick succession. And after it spins around once and all of them are lit up, you get a map of the entire area. Huh. Well, that's cool. (laughs) It does not say what is in the room, but it does give you a sense of direction mm-hmm. and okay. a sense of size. Well, well, well. There is a portion of this map that is fuzzy and glitching. Mm. You assume that that is the portion that might have extended from the cliff face at some point. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So this is like a live updating map. Yeah, this is showing it as it currently is. 
which is... Which sounds useful. Yeah. Do we have a good way of, like, capturing this map as far as, like, being able to, like, reference it later? Or is it just, like, a sketch and hope you don't forget kind of deal? That's up to you guys. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. How big is this floating ring? The floating ring is 10 feet across. Okay. I was going to ask, like, is it small enough that Brex could, like, wear it like a hula hoop or something? Like... <laughs> Just kind of drag it along with us. Uh, probably not. Okay. Fair. I would advise perhaps we settle on a path. And then Agreed. as we move along that path, we mark on the walls so that there's a way to follow to get back to this room. Mm. We can use this as the center of our exploration. Sure. Good plan. If that don't work, we'll find another path. It'll be fine. <laughs> How Ugh. dare you, sir? I my players do it to me all the time. That's fair. And imprinted echoes is way harder to work into conversations. <laughs> God help me with anamnesis. <laughs> Does it show up in Tides of Numenera? Yes, apparently, but still. Anyways, um, the Void Chasm map that I have. Yes. Is that a read-only medium? Because like what I from what I understand, like that was like kind of a if I'm remembering right, it was like a hologram, right? It is. Yes. Is there a way that I can update that hologram with this information? Yes. Uh, Excellent. I would like to do the thing, please. (laughs) I am going to have you roll understanding Numenera level four. If you would like to ask for help in this, you are more than welcome to. I would like to ask for help. I am going to look to the other two as like, hey, so I got this map here and I'm pretty sure there is some way we can like copy this over onto the map. But I am not so good with the actual understanding of how these things work. Either of you two think you can. Well, I'm not the best at understanding how they work. However, Mm -hmm. I can say that in my time, I have pulled some things out of other things in such a way that um, makes me think that this might work like this. I don't know if salvaging Numenera will help at all. (laughs) Backwards compatible logic. No, Okay. (laughs) I will let you use right tool for the job. Oh, I'd like to do that. (laughs) There it is. Uh, Let's see if I have any item, though. That's the question. Um, I do. I have one. I've, and you can always also, look for more. I was going to oh, say, we're also in a place with lots of little detritus. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, I will do that then. So, <clears throat> I believe I've got this. Let me just uh, tinker a bit here. How do you want to connect these? What does your imagination say that you do to connect a piece of, essentially, vellum that has a, a holographic part to it and a large floating ring with a map projected in the center of it? Well, we have to connect them first. So somewhere on them, there might be a little bit of a port. So let us put a similar type of metal in both ports and give them a bit of a tap and see if that can't link them up. You don't find ports, but on the back of the vellum map, there is like a little like flat metal contact strip. Done. So you connect there and you kind of just like hold it onto the metal ring Mm -hmm. and the wires make the connection. And then you kind of pull out a little bit of apt clay that you have and kind of wrap it around that to create a data connection. Done. And as you do so, you see the map that's projected in the middle of the ring start to write itself onto the hologram of the map. 
Anyway. Hell yeah. Well, let's see if that um, does the trick. You disconnect everything and it holds fast. Lovely. Nice job. Why, thank you. Well, shall we plot our course? I think that makes the most sense. Looking at the fuller map now, what do we see as far as kind of in that, you know, direction that we need to head southwesterly, kind of what's going on there? There's a number of rooms that kind of just start, like, coming off of different areas, some wider hallways, some thinner ones. Towards the southwest area, there are quite a few other rooms. There's actually fewer that go any of the other directions. Mm. It seems that you kind of are already headed in that area. So there are two rooms that go off of this one. One of them heads in that direction. The other one kind of goes like more northeast. Gotcha. Kind of like the other edge side of the cliff, if you're thinking about where you're positioned. Mm-hmm. All right, looks like we got a couple of options at least, but uh, how do we want to get out there is the question. If we're all feeling refreshed, I feel like we just need to go ahead and head, and we can uh, we can meet whatever greets us with open arms. I'm feeling about as good as I can, if I'm being honest. Especially, you know, for as late in the day as it is, no reason to not just kind of get moving, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's see, why don't we head to this corridor? That might take us, depending on what's in the way, about enough time that maybe we will need a bit of a nap. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right, let's go. You head into the next room that is connected to this one that goes in that southwest direction. And this seems to, again, kind of be a little more stripped clean of stuff. It's not nearly as picked over as some of the other areas. Hard to say what this room might have been at any given point. But you notice things that are present here don't really make much sense in terms of where they are placed and what they are doing. So a a device that you might recognize as something that would open the door is in the middle of the ceiling. Hmm. Or something that you recognize as, oh, that's the, the kind of thing that would be a communicator is in the corner, like, like the bottom corner, like where the walls meet and the floor meets, like stuck into that corner. Huh. Um, I need everybody to make me a perception check, level five. Um, is this visually based perception with my Ogren orb help? Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you that as an asset. That's fine. Success with a 16. Wonderful. Failure with a four. Oh, no. Oh, fail with a five. Fail with a five. Okay. Smolren and Jory walk through the space and are kind of like looking at all of these things. They're like, that doesn't seem like these things fit together the way that this this is going on. And Nehemiah, you're like, yeah, that's also what I'm seeing. But then you notice as... Smallrin and Jory both step on a pressure plate and a force field cage comes up around them. Huh. Like a little dome, kind of like from the ground, just goes right over top of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you hear a snickering little laugh that then echoes and grows. Mm -hmm. And you are trapped inside a force field cage. All right. Very funny. Planning on coming on out. As I'm saying this, can I roll perception again to see if I can either find where this is coming from or what is controlling this force field? Absolutely. Difficulty? Where the laughing is coming from or mm-hmm. where the force field is coming from? Sorry. Where the force field is coming from. Force field will be a level five. Okay. Success with a 17. Mm-hmm. One of these devices that is like the one that's actually on the ceiling seems to be projecting this down mm. onto them. Gotcha. 
The one that you think might be originally connected to one of the doors. You saw one of these on like a door previously. Gotcha. Okay. Nehemiah sees that, looks over to the two of them, kind of nods up towards it. Doesn't want to play his hand just yet, though. And is going to see, you know, stay on the guard. Um, and actually, he's going to put his uh, back to the force field mm-hmm. and then just kind of sweep the room, see if he can find where this laughing is coming from. While you are doing that, Brex goes up and tries to hit it with okay. their maul. Gotcha. Like, just goes up and like tries to smash the, uh, okay. not the thing up That's top, fine. but like the force field. Yeah. Um, and the maul bounces back Ooh. at them. Okay. Let me guess. We are being ransomed for something, aren't we? As you are going around trying to look for it, you can roll perception level two to okay. see if you can figure out what else is going on. Success with the five. I'm trained in it, so... Yep, yep. yep. You hear that kind of like snickering little laugh again. Mm-hmm. And in like a little crevice in between some of these metal plates along the walls, uh-huh. you see a small creature dart into the darkness. You see a shin spinner. Ooh. Small creature, probably about two feet tall. And so not like tiny, but like small, like maybe comes up to like your knee. Fuzzy and and furry with very dexterous hands on four arms, two legs, so six limbs total, but four arms, very dexterous hands and dozens of eyes, Mm. all different kinds. Some of them more animal, mammal-like, a couple of them more insectoids, some more reptilian, dozens of eyes over their rounded head. I'm going to go ahead and call it. This is the cutest thing in Numenera. <laughs> the art that Zan has pulled up is haunted, but also adorable. Because it's got to be a little haunted because it's Numenera. But, all right. They are considered vermin, though dangerous ones. Gotcha. A single one isn't all that much of a problem, but when you kind of get into a colony of them, mm-hmm. they tend to spend their time by tinkering with Numenera. Mm-hmm. They're actually very smart when it comes to like messing with things. They're not sapient per se. Okay. But that they was my are, next question. Right. But they are they are very intelligent when it comes to messing with these little things and they will right. tinker with stolen artifacts or little bits of Numenera and they love creating booby traps. Uh-huh. This is more trickster and fun-loving and goofy, though they are dangerous. Right. Honestly, you know that you're lucky that this was a force field case and not, not some sort of disintegration ray. Right. Mm-hmm. It could fix my VCR, but I can't give it my DoorDash order. Correct. Okay, cool. (laughs) Just had to make sure there was no way to, like, rationalize with this thing before I go and break their toy. Yes. Seeing that this thing has run off, I'll look over to Brooks like, hey, bud, the source is up there. Just give it a good old shove with your maul. That should do it. Brex actually grabs you by the waist and picks you up towards it. Okay, this works. Oh, you're you're right, Jory. This is fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of folk can lift me yet. Does it look like something I could pull off the wall or? Yeah, with your strength, you could pull that off the wall. Yeah, I just pull it down. And a mess of wires and cables kind of comes breaking off the back of it. And you hear a kind of sputtering static as the force field below you dissipates. Mm-hmm. Ha! All right, I don't suppose this is useful to any of y'all. You could get some iodum out of that, Jory. I'll take it, for I am out. Excellent. I'll say that'll give you two Woo. different, uh, two, two units of IO. Delightful. Yeah, a bunch of shin spinners. We gotta keep an eye out, because they will continue to ruin our day as long as we're down here. That is true. 
Indeed. And next time, it might not be so benign. Right. Take a moment to recollect yourselves and orient yourself to the fact that you're going to have to keep an eye out for traps, traps now mm-hmm. and bring up the map and start on to the next room. Mm-hmm. And that's where I will call the session. Whee! Thank you so much for listening to episode 84 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Trent, Carlin, and Christina for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating review, and tell a friend about the show. All three things continue to go a long way in getting our name out there. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.